Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, it's Lloyd Spence, and guess what? It's that time of year, my favorite time of year, March Madness. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Look, the NBA is also in full swing. College basketball is heating up as the schools make their way to the madness. Listen, the tournament is coming, and so is the $100,000 Bracket Madness Contest, as Bet Online is the spot to be for all your bracketology needs. Look, BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today. And guess what? You can receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So go to BetOnline.ag. BetOnline. BetOnline. Your online sports book experts. Tell them the noisemaker sent you. What up, y'all? It's your boy, Mr. Noise, and I'm trying to tell y'all what's going on with our newest sponsor, eBay. Now, whether rare dead stock or the latest release, find the exact shoe you're looking for. As the original sneaker marketplace, eBay is the place to go to top the pair you've been eyeing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, your sneakers are meticulously inspected by independent professional authenticators. A team of experienced sneaker authenticators verifies the box, logo stitching, and a dozen of other inspection points. And each sneaker also receives an authenticity guarantee tag that includes a digital stamp of authenticity. And it also protects sellers with a verified return process. And for sneaker sellers out there, eBay has eliminated selling fees on sneakers $100 plus, making it free to sell or flip your collection. You can't beat that. So go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. That's ebay.com slash sneakers today. It's eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Tell them the noisemakers sent you. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talkin' Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. Well, clearly I'm going to have to change the intro now because... I can't introduce him as just Heisman Trophy winner. I now have to introduce him as Florida State legend, Heisman Trophy winner, and coach of the year, Charlie Ward. That's how it's got to go now. That's how. That's the way the new intro is. is. No. I'll fix it. I'll fix it. It's okay. It is players and coaches. Well, what do you want me to say, Charlie? Player and coach of the year? Yes. Okay. Say my name. All you're, not a, you're not a player <laughs> coach, Charlie. You're not Bill Russell. <laughs> you know, my, play. my players, my players, I am honoring my players <laughs> and my coaches because they deserve it. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm with it, Charlie. I'm taking my name off of it. That is, you know what, Charlie? Um, you seem very determined to, to make this stance. I and I'm I'm here for it. I have no problem with it whatsoever. I'm actually gonna fully support this. My players deserve my players deserve to be recognized. 
I asked, right, so I asked them to sacrifice uh, numbers to win. Yeah. They did that. Yeah. And get honored properly. So I am honoring them for the sacrifices that they made for our team to be successful. Okay. So we'll change the intro to hide the trophy winner and the coach who honored his players because they deserved it just as much as he did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's what you want to say. All right. <laughs> Are we my in the theater wife, room wife, this morning, Charlie? in the office. Right, can you remember all of that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll work on it. We'll work. I'll write it down. I'm going to write it. I'm going to write it down for you. All right. Make it an okay. action him if you like. <laughs> <laughs> what is the acronym for this? I don't know, but we will figure it out. <laughs> now you challenged me, Charlie. I got to figure it out now. I totally got to figure it out. All right. You notice he has on his Heisman hat this morning. Is that a Heisman hat? I didn't even see it. <laughs> Wait a minute. You got to dip down again, Charlie, so I can see it. Let me see it. The, the Heisman hat. Oh, that is a – that is not even a humble <laughs> – that's not even a humble flex. That's like <laughs> – because here's the problem, Kendrick. Everybody can't go out and buy a Heisman hat. That's just, you can't go buy go out and buy a Heisman hat. You can. Can you buy a Heisman hat? I've never yeah. seen a Heisman hat, Charlie. You have to go on the website. To, <laughs> I didn't know you could buy a Heisman hat. But but it's just it's something about a Heisman trophy winner wearing a Heisman hat that just says, I am that guy. I, I, just like I wear my FSUS proudly, I am an FSUS guy. I am a Seminole. I am a New York Nick guy. So I, I wear my gear. And I see. And listen. I'm just representing those things that I'm a part of. Live on a podcast. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't, who, who among us has not flexed on a podcast? I mean, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's, why, that's why we love Charlie Ward. Listen, right the there. reason why I signed up to do the podcast was to see you flex on a weekly basis. So I'm good. You have <laughs> all of my dreams as we, as we go. So I'm good. All right. I love in the tour of the house because I think we're in the theater room this morning. We're in the theater room. <laughs> we're in the theater room. And, and he got the nice posters in the back. I mean... <laughs> Charlie is doing his thing today, boy. I'm telling you. No. He's well, doing I'm, his I'm, thing. I'm normally in the, th in, in the theater room. Uh, this is just a different view of the theater room. No, okay. Right. Kendrick, the theater room is so big. Right. He's got different angles. <laughs> angles. That's what I'm trying to help you understand. Kendrick doesn't understand. I'm, I'm trying to help him understand. It's All okay. Right. It is a nice theater room. I'll just say that. <laughs> We we inherited we inherited a nice theater room, so I, inherited it. Yeah, I complain. Charlie, when we come down to do the broadcast live from there, we're doing it from the theater room. I'm just letting you know right now. Good. All right. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I I am glad we all up and at them because you know when you do these early morning ones, uh, you don't know what the energy is like. But <laughs> and I haven't had my coffee this morning, but y'all have given me life, so this is wonderful. Um, man. This was a strange year, and I don't mean 2020. I mean the COVID. I call it the COVID year. Uh, there's a there's a weird podcast. You know, ESPN has these podcasts, um, thirty for thirties, and they did one called March 11th. And we've talked about it on this show how you know we were where we all were on March 11th and how things were going and how it unfolded. And so um, we've watched we've watched now the ACC unfold. 
over this past year. And I think we've learned some really interesting lessons or taken some interesting notes from this past year. So I thought we would just, at while we have this weird pause button going on for the tournament, because normally in years past, Thursday would be the day we'd be starting uh, the next round of games, the Sweet 16. But due to COVID uh, in this strange year, as they say, uh, they're moving the games to Saturday. They start Saturday, which is, that's so strange. That is really strange to me. But uh, I'm assuming somebody smarter and being far more paid than I am is uh, doing what they thought was best. So we'll see. Uh, but anyway. Is, that I, is it a seven-day stretch or something? I guess I, I'm assuming it's got to be maybe because of COVID, there's a quarantine thing that you have to – sit down for seven days but it's not really seven days because then they stop monday right <laughs> right so i mean well but it'd be can, six days for the uh, for the it'd be six days for the ones that played monday it'd yeah. be seven days for the ones that played sunday so i guess it's probably yeah so maybe it's some kind of seven day rule or something i don't know but they play saturday sunday so i mean i don't know it's it's very strange huh I said Florida State's playing on Sunday, so Florida State's playing on Sunday on Monday. Yeah, I guess seven days. I don't know, it, but you know what? I wouldn't expect anything less from where we are in America right now. So this is just how it is. So I was gonna uh, say, you said you assumed it was somebody smarter and making more money. I'll give you probably making more money, but don't assume <laughs> the smarter part. Touche, <laughs> touche, touche. I will not. I will not make that assumption. You, we did see the women's weight room in San Antonio. <laughs> well, you know what? That's one of the things we wanted to talk about this morning, the lessons that we've learned during this past year. Uh, and we'll get – I'm sure we're going to get into that because I, I have a question specifically for that, uh, for us to be able to talk deeper in that. We touched a little bit on Monday, but we definitely got to get deeper into that. So I will start with this question. Huh? You got a question, Charlie? No, I'll say I have a suggestion once we Okay. Get yeah, go ahead. No, I'm saying once we get to the okay, cool. Uh, well, so the first question I said I started to ask my brothers: uh, the ACC basketball this year was. How would you describe it? Um, Let you go first, Charlie. I guess you would. Uh, we talk about men's right first. All of it, all of it. You know, we don't do that on this show. We try to give the women some love. I say so, first. Or women's first. However you want to do it. I, I'm gonna do mine in general, just as a whole, but you go ahead. Um I I think it's like all the other conferences, everybody <laughs> everyone had the same uh same issues when it came yeah. down to pauses and contact tracing and you know up and down play. Of course, ACC women had uh Couple teams, you know, with stability at the top, U of L and NC State, and they're still yeah. going into playoffs. I mean, a uh, tournament now. Yeah, and um, and so that's kind of where the ACC women are stack stack up. Um, the men, I mean, it's um, well, we still got two left. Yeah, and one we we thought would be there. Uh, didn't quite know because it kind of struggled down the stretch. And then the other one, we we just expect to be there even if they're close. <laughs> right, so, right. right. 
they seem to find a way to, um, you know, push and get their way in the playoff in the tournament, and then yeah. a way to, you know, make make some um, noise. And so, and we talk about Syracuse. Yeah, I, I mean, we we kind of expected, you know, what we expected, especially in the tournament, um, from some of the teams. We didn't expect, you know, maybe Georgia Tech it was an eight nine game, but uh, it could have gone either way. Uh, which it that was the case, uh, but you know the others other teams we really didn't know. You know Virginia Tech. Um, we didn't have our normal, what we call normal teams in it. You know, uh, Duke, North Carolina was there, uh, but they played. You know, like what we're seeing now. Uh, we had Kessler uh, transferring. Um, yeah. Um, Sharp who just declared for the draft. I saw that. Draft. Yeah, I so, saw that. I mean, there's a lot of different dynamics that we probably don't even know existed uh, that they may have been struggling with. Um, and so that's probably why they were up and down. You know, uh, and both of, both of those guys are, I think, true freshmen, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand. Um, but that to me, that kind of just sums up the ACC in a, in a nutshell. Uh, that the teams, the men's teams, was competitive but inconsistent. Uh, the women's team, we just had two dominant team, two dominant teams of schools, mm-hmm. um, and everyone else was consistent. Yeah, no, that's good. That was that's a really good playback of the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a really good playback of the season. Uh, Kendrick, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I definitely am not going to top that. Right, but, um, right. <laughs> I'll say uh, the ACC men. I'm just going to be honest. The ACC men was down this year. Yeah, and you can tell by their performance in the tournament. I mean, Florida State's carrying the Florida State and Syracuse are carrying the flag. We're not surprised by Florida State at all. We are surprised by Syracuse, even though they always tend somehow get to get here. Oh, wow, it's, man. it's still a surprise every year. But and but we'll, we'll be surprised if they advance past the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah. With the with the women, it was just like Charlie said. You had two dominant teams. Then the rest you can kind of put in the bag. However, I will say, I think from the bottom down was a little bit more competitive than in years past. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, their last game notwithstanding, Virginia Tech was pretty competitive throughout most of the conference season. Right, right, right. And Syracuse was always – they were always competitive throughout the season. North Carolina had their ups and downs, but they were r- relatively competitive. But then you look at Duke uh, having to shut down their season so early – I mean that's that's that was an eye opener to be to even begin the conference season, and so I say the 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 women I think while it was very top heavy was a little bit a little bit better than the years past. It just didn't it, where it was top heavy was usually was Notre Dame and Louisville. Now you have NC State and Louisville, and so at yeah. least the Louisville things stay consistent. Yeah, I think for me, if I had to describe ACC basketball this year. Uh, I would say it was uh, a roller coaster ride. Yeah, it was just an absolute roller coaster ride. It was especially on the men's side. I, I would say the women was a little more 
stable and normal and and which is ironic but not really because here's here's what's weird about it to me women in college sports tend to stay pretty consistent with what they do like they there really aren't a lot of ebbs and flows with it it's just like the good teams are the good teams the, me, the not mediocre but the middle of the road teams are the middle of the road and the bad are the you know they are what they are so they, they, it wasn't much different from that, like I said, although it was a little odd not seeing Notre Dame be great on the women's side. Uh, Duke is a, usually, women are usually a little bit better, but they opted out. So, you know, that was what it was. On the men's side, it was, it was, it was just a roller coaster ride. You didn't know week to week who was going to play. You didn't know week to week what was, I mean, who was going to be great. And it does not really surprise me that Florida State was, you know, is one is the last one of the last teams standing because that's kind of what it was. Even with the stoppage that they had, still when they were there, they were the most consistent team of two you know, years in a row. Yeah, how they played, how they approached the game, they played to their system where it seemed like everybody else spent the entire year trying to figure out who they were, other than Syracuse. Well, so there's there there it is. The two teams that decided who they were long before the season started. They took that into COVID and then beca- and then carried it on into the NCAA tournament. Everybody else was like, we don't know who the heck we are. So, and, and it showed up, you know, as the season unfolded. So I would just say it was a roller coaster ride, man. It was, uh, it was very strange, but um, what about the coaches and teams? How do you think they managed COVID in, in, in all of this? How do you think they managed it? You said the coaches that I cover, obviously yeah, yeah. didn't coaches and teams. Yeah. The team that I cover obviously did not do it very well. They didn't do it very well, yeah. <laughs> they had three stoppages, and, you know, they came back off two of those stoppages and got beat by 50 points. And Well, I was going to say, that was, probably, <laughs> that was probably Louisville's greatest defeat. The fact yeah. the way they managed COVID was their greatest defeat because they didn't manage it well at all. Uh, and here's the, again, here's the irony. Louisville women had a stoppage as well, but – they only had one. Right. But they only had one, and, I mean, it wasn't, you know, the, there's not as much parity in the women's game as in the men's game. Well, there isn't, but, but, but even that, even, I guess the thing that shocked me about Louisville stoppages <laughs> is that you, you, in life you hope that you're learning lessons. And that when if something doesn't go right, you go, okay, we got whatever we did wrong to cause that to happen, let's not do that again. And that's not what happened. It, it plus the, the a part too is that with both Louisville stoppages, both of their games when they came back were on the road, one at Wisconsin and one at North Carolina. Right. Which I mean, that's not easy, regardless if you are playing a consistent schedule, but when you're Absolutely. coming off of not playing for two weeks. So and then have to go on the road at those places, even if they're empty gyms, just going on the road in general. I would imagine you got to travel and all that goes with that. And then well, they played Wisconsin without Carly Jones. And so, I mean, I think there's a <laughs> Chad Major from the five who is a diehard Michigan fan is already uh, shooting shots. I don't know. Chad is. I thought Chad was at work. I don't know. I guess he decided. Have we heard about Livers yet? We haven't. I have not heard that yet. That's but shout out to Juwan for being coach of the year. That's cool. 
Hey, I'm happy for him. I'll send him a text to let him know I appreciate him uh, being coach of the year. And um, and that would definitely be great for us because all the hype would be on them. And I just love it. If you didn't see that coming a mile away. Coach of the year, Juwan Howard. If you didn't see that flex coming a mile away, I'll send him a text. And by the way, congratulations. Take this L. I see what you're doing, Charlie. You're not slick, Charlie Ward. I see what you're doing. Oh, I am sending my buddy, former teammate, <laughs> a text to congratulate him on winning on being coach of the year. I'm sending my buddy. I love it. I love it. Personally, I- he's playing my alma mater. So I hope they uh, enjoy their coach of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoying that coach of the year while we were playing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, I'll say this about the coaches and teams, man. And, and Michigan is a great example of that. Um I think I think it's it was gonna be hard no matter what. So I mm-hmm. I think they managed it as about as well as you as you could. It it with no information and no precedence to to to, to draw from. To say this is the way to do it, I think all of the schools, and not just ACC, but everybody, has done about as well as you can possibly do. Uh, also, you got to think about um, every situation is not the same. It's not the same, right? Exactly right. And, um, and and some, you know, in some cases, they weren't even able to practice. Yeah, they didn't have enough guys, or guys were in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some, you know, they were able to get a couple practices in before their, uh, before they came back off of their pause uh, with a full team, or you know, they kind of, I know Florida State a couple times, they were able to get a couple practices in before they they played a game. Um, but you think about Virginia, who came into the tournament. I don't know how many practices they were able to get, like. Physical practices. I mean, probably none because they had to, yeah. And all those. They get there till Friday. And yeah, probably did. none because they they had to stay quarantined. That was the rule. So, so yeah, it was tough, man. Every every situation was kind of different on how they came uh, back off of the pause, and it maybe reflected in how they played. Not maybe. Um, I'm sure it did have a big effect um, on how they played coming back um, off of the pause. Yeah. What about the NCAA? How do we think they their assistance was in managing COVID? Felt kind of felt like they everybody was on their own. They didn't feel like the NCAA <laughs> assisted in anything. Well, and see, therein lies where I wanted to go with the whole thing. I I and it, my comments may be a little bit scathing, and I will say this in advance: they do not reflect Charlie Ward or Kendrick Haskins. They are my thoughts <laughs> and my thoughts alone. I thought they were trash. I thought the NCAA didn't help in any way, form, or fashion, it, uh, up to and including the tournament. The, the the fact that you have the young ladies in San Antonio and they have to tweet out, look what they have given us or look what we have or look what our conditions by comparison is, is, is so NCAA. That's to me. That's the greatest thing you can say about it. It's so NCAA. It's ex- it's exactly what you would have expected. A, a a clueless, not unaware, not 
seeing it for what it really is type of response to the circumstances that are in front of you because that's what the NCAA is. I It is so time for something else. It is so time for something else. And, and I honestly wish coming out of this situation, going into next year and the years going forward, I honestly wish the Power Five would, would just get together and say, okay, let's let's figure this out. Let's figure out what we want to do. Because it's it's just time for something different. With this is NCAA is antiquated. It their thought process is antiquated. It's ran by antiquated men who and and who don't get it. And they're never going to get it. Because they've never had to get it. They've never been forced to get it. Why should they get it? Why, why buck a system that isn't broken for them? So I think it's been trash. I, I am not impressed. I'm not pleased. I'm, I think to leave these schools out, to figure it out in, in the most horrific uh, circumstances in my lifetime, I think was was somewhat even, even cowardice. Again, these are my thoughts. I'd like to hear from my fellow. I would like to ask this question. If, yes. uh, if you were the president or whoever he is, the top-notch guy uh-huh. of the NCAA. Yes. Uh, what would I have done differently? Yes. Uh, I would have put together, I would have I would have grabbed my commissioners and I would have put together a comprehensive plan of how we were going to try to deal with based on what the experts thought. Based on what the experts said. I would have said, here are some guidelines. Now, you all can you all can tweak this however you want to make it work for your conference. But here are some basic guidelines that I think we need to follow in order to make sure that everyone stays safe. I, I, and, and I, you know, otherwise, what do you, why are you calling yourself a governing body before? If you're not going to govern, what's the point? So I would have, I would have sat down with some people and I would have taken the time to put together some real guidelines. Well, let me just say this. That is why they have been calling that for a commissioner um, of college football. And they probably should have one for basketball. Yes. Uh, someone that can do what you just said um, and allow the president, I think it's Mark Emmerich. Emmerich, yeah. Right. Uh, um, let him be the overriding head honcho guy, whatever you want to call him, um, and everybody else, you know, you have commissioners over, govern over certain sports, uh, especially the major ones. And right. that is where you can get the unity. That person can call uh, the commissioners of each power five or wherever, commissioners of the college football to try to get <clears throat> everyone in the same room um working in some form of unity i mean it may not be the same but some form of unity um and and that way across the board it will at least have the blueprint um for that unity they can like you say go and do whatever they need to do uh but when it's all said and done at least you would have all the commissioners in a room being able to talk things out and people they can get kind of get all on the same page. My maybe 
Uh, maybe they are doing that. I don't know. Uh, but I do know that there's not one person that's over hovering over NCAA football that can demand that type of, uh, I guess, respect, or that's what they do. You know, that's right. the only thing that they're watching over. They're not looking over other sports, but that's the only sport that they're looking over, trying to figure out how they can, you know, make changes where needed, keep things where they are, and get things, you know, put things in place that can uh, be beneficial for football. Yeah. Um, my take on the the men and women's, you know, facilities when it came down, when it comes down to the NCAA tournament, I was talking to uh, my cousin the other day. He's at school, but we were just talking about how there should be one uniform equipment agreement across the board. And that way you don't have the discrepancy of what the women had and the men had. It is what goes into all the facilities. If you're going to have whatever they're going to, whatever they're going to have, they put it, put it down and they put it in both facilities. There's just one blanket deal, whether they use it or not, that's on them. But if it's blanket, you don't have to worry about what we just saw. Right. Um, and so I think that's another, we got to have a governing body over this men's and women's basketball or men's basketball and yeah. women's basketball. Yeah. And I always say, put a female over it uh, because that way they'll, if anyone's going to look after what their rights and needs are, it's going to be a female. Right. Um, and that way you won't have these discrepancies because they're going to be willing to fight for whatever they need. Charlie, in just about five minutes, you and I, and I'm sure Kendrick has a lot to offer as well. It has taken us about five to 10 minutes to solve it. So if it took us five to 10 minutes, why is it, why is it so hard for them? These don't seem like complicated solutions, Kendrick. These are all common sense issues. These are all common sense solutions. Does it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to come up with these solutions. It's, 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 and I especially like what Charlie said about having a woman over it. Have a woman over it and maybe a male being the vice president. Yeah. And, and, and like having it blanket across the board, I mean, that seems so thankless. It's like, why does this even have to be thought of? <laughs> and, and then why does, I mean, it's like what Jeff Wall said in his, in his press conference the other day he's like he's like the fact that that happened with the weight room is not what bothers me it's the fact that somebody signed off on it like who is that person right <laughs> and you know it's and it's 20 it's 2021 and we're still having these same arguments about stuff like that that's that's insane to me it's mind-blowing it is mind-blowing that the ncaa is so inept it really yeah. is it, it, and like, even even like stuff like like take oklahoma state for example so the NCAA comes out and says they have a one-year tournament ban, right? And then, but if if <laughs> Oklahoma State if they fight it, we'll see. And then all of a sudden they have the number one player in the country. Hey, hey. they have a one-year ban. <laughs> and then all of a sudden that the, uh, it doesn't get heard until and now the season's over with for them. But I mean, like simple stuff like that. I mean, there's no uniformity to anything the NCAA does. 
I mean, I mean, then you look at the whole stuff going on with Louisville and the stuff going on with Kansas, and this stuff has drug on and on. And this been going in three years now, right? <laughs> Chris Mack has finished his third year at U of L. Yeah, it's that hard <laughs> to figure this out? Like, it's that complicated? So I don't know, mate. I you know, there's nothing else that let I me mean, just think about. It. There's nothing else in your life in this world that that takes them three years to make a final decision on. The NCAA is coming. Well, and then here's the other part about it. You've been home the whole time. Right. It's not like you, you didn't have, have nothing else to do but to review the evidence. It's not like you went into the office, signed a lot of paperwork and all this other stuff, and you didn't put together a comprehensive plan for COVID. So what have you been doing this last three years? Like, right, because you think the Louisville stuff, I mean, Rick Pitino has been fired. Rick Pitino has coached in Greece. Respectfully. <laughs> That dude left the country, won a championship, came back, got it, had a whole season, um, went into the tournament, and still don't know what his fate is. Let's <laughs> say Lobos, Lobos on on their second coach because you forget that David Paget was the interim coach after Patino was gone. Mac is Mac just finished his third year. U of L's have they've been ranked number one in the country at one point in that in that stretch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would love to get Jay Billis on this show because um, I love to hear his rants about this. That's I When Jay Billis starts to rant about the NCAA, I immediately jump up and get my popcorn, world popcorn, and say, <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah, just, it's, Jay doesn't hold back. Jay does not hold back. He would make a great commissioner, by the way. He would be amazing. Yeah, he would. But anyway, um, the best moment of the past year uh, in basketball was what for you? The opening tip of the NCAA tournament? Yeah. Yeah, that was – yeah, listen. <laughs> Who thought we'd be there? I knew we was going to be there. I'm just glad we did. Yeah, like we were going to be there. Yeah. <laughs> they wasn't losing that money two years in a row. They're going to find a way. Yeah. The ego alone wouldn't let them do that twice, right? If they needed a team, they'd have had me, you, Charlie uh, – C major and, and Uncle Noise out there playing. <laughs> yeah, with you, that would have been the shortest tournament of all. They'd be like, man, this tournament ended in 10 minutes. What in the world? Like, <laughs> I, said, I never remember Charlie Ward shooting this much. Charlie. <laughs> shoot it. Shoot the J, Charlie. You a volume shooter on this team, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie Ward, that line would be amazing. Man, he shot 60 shots. It was amazing. <laughs> Kendrick and Roy combined for 35 assists. It was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> for me. What do you say? I said it would have been a half-court game for me. <laughs> no defense. No. I mean, I, no running both ends of the floor. That's no, we definitely not running that. No, no, no. I'm telling you, it would have been a weird-looking game. Uh, we've definitely been playing four corners offense. <laughs> I, I think for me, the yeah, the best moment was probably that man just seeing. And I'm gonna tell you something: the normalcy of actually seeing the tournament has been so refreshing. Like it's been like a wave of of, of beauty because you just go, "Hey, we might actually be getting back to something that looks like what we remember." Like you know, uh, there are a few fans there. Yeah, at least – well, and see, that's hilarious to me. Let me just tell you, my favorite part and the funniest part of this whole thing is that because we can't let the fans in. So, on that lower bowl, it looks empty and thin. 
And you hear all this noise and you say, man, where is all this noise coming from? And then you look at the higher rap, it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're doing. <laughs> I see, I see what's going on. <laughs> no fans. Got it. Okay. NCAA cracks me up, man. Members <laughs> with um students. Yes, a lot of family members though, Charlie. It's like uh they they extended that family list out considerably. Cause like one game I saw. I don't remember who it was, but it was one of the tournament games I saw. In that upper level, there were. I mean, I looked up there, and it wasn't full, but I was like, that's a lot of people. They extended it to the play cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They was like, they was like, <laughs> they was like we're only going to give you five tickets apiece. There's a lot of wink-wink going on in this season, by the way. Um, <laughs> What about the most important thing we achieved in the conference this year? The most important thing we achieved. I think the most important key, and this is gonna this is gonna sound a little bit morbid, but it's not. I think the most important thing that was achieved is that no one died. Yeah, you're right. It sounded morbid. I mean, <laughs> it's the truth. It's the truth, though. I'm just I, guess, I guess that's a great blessing. It is true. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong though? The, no, listen, because that, I mean, at the beginning of last year, we didn't know if that would be true. That's true. You know what yeah. I mean? And when that young man went down in Miami, we really didn't know if this would be. Or was it Florida? Florida. Uh, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida. Florida. We really didn't know if this was going to be true. So the fact that no one has died is amazing. No one's like really been seriously ill by it, right? That we know of. That we know of. We know of. Right. That we know of. People who've had long uh, bouts uh, with it, and it's kind of hindered them in some form or fashion. uh, But it's taken them, you know, some time. And some of this happened before the season, Mm -hmm. um, and went into, you know, the season. Uh, But I don't know. I don't. I mean, we, we, we know that it's it's had some type of effect on some of the kids, but we just don't know the lasting effects. Um, and I'm sure there are more than we know um, that's had some issues that maybe not been able to come back and play the way they yeah. were before, or they're still struggling with it. Yeah. By the way, I wanted to ask Kendrick this, and I keep every time we get together, I I, I remember and I don't remember, but I'm remembering now. Uh, Asia, do you have an update for us on Asia? Is she doing any better? Um, she's been in town. We haven't been able to talk to her. She's been in town a couple of times. She's been for a couple of games. I mean, Asia Doer, former U of L. Yeah. She. Uh, I don't think she's up to where she can play yet. Wow. But. And it's right now, it just sounds like she's just maintaining right now. Wow. You know, to Charlie's point, man, we don't really know what the long-term effects of all this really is. Uh, I keep hearing a lot of people talk about brain fog. I keep hearing a lot of people talk about uh, how long it's taking them to get their taste back. And and then we don't, just quite honestly, we don't know what this whole, the vaccine situation is going to be. I mean, we're... We're way early with all of this, but at the same time, uh, when you hear a story like Asia's and you go, geez, that's because Asia seemingly was a ridiculously healthy person. Like you would you would think she'd 
based on what we know about this thing, you would think that she would have sailed through this with flying colors, and that has not been the case. Um, <laughs> quite, quite the opposite, as a matter of fact. Uh, so you know, but again, the fact that no one has died is actually pretty nice. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, so we, we we take that blessing and move forward, I guess. Uh, three teams on the men's side that show a promising future to you, based uh, coming out of all of this. <laughs> I know one of the teams that the guy down below is going to say. Listen, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to hold you up, Kendrick, but I'm probably going to say the same thing. So, let's, I mean, we can look at – let's just look at coaches, I guess, because a lot of times, you know, you're going to graduate kids, uh, but with recruiting and the culture that you've built, uh, that plays a big part as well. Um, I, Of course, I'm going to say Florida State. Because really? Coach, because of Coach Ham, <laughs> uh, the culture that they built here, uh, the recruits that they have, you know, coming in, and some of the guys potentially who will be coming back. We know who's leaving out the door, um, you know, but hopefully we can get some of the guys to stay. Uh, if you know, if they don't get the right grade from the NBA, um. If we can get those guys back, then we'll definitely be in the mix. I'm still, I'm, I'm still. I don't know about North Carolina and Duke. Yeah, man. Yeah, especially I, with Kessler leaving Carolina, that's. I mean, Duke just had a kid transfer. I, I mean, that played. He was a freshman last year, I think. Number can five. we? Can, can we not gloss over what you just said, Charlie? What's that? North Carolina. And Duke, we don't know about. That's when is the last time those words have been uttered in a sports show, <laughs> in, as it relates to those basketball programs. But you're right; that, there is such uncertainty about that. Yeah, that's the thing that I mean. We don't know. I know we know they recruit well. Yeah, but are they going to get back to developing guys? And what I mean by that is when they were solid teams, they didn't have as many great point. one and done type of players. They were able to develop guys over the course of their years. And they had seniors and juniors on their team. And then they would throw in and sprinkle in a, a, a dynamic freshman or two. Uh, but now what we're seeing is a lot of these five-star um, players going and now what we're seeing is they're not finishing even after their first year in some mm -hmm. form of fashion and we're seeing them transfer and you know they're not happy whatever the case may be and they want to move and or they're leaving to go to the NBA and now you're starting to see that effect happen um, and it's hard to recover I, hope, I know they will they're, they're very good coaches They'll do what they need to do. Um, but at some point, they're going to go back to their grassroots in the sense of getting guys that are talented, uh, but maybe not the five-star or the four-star, but getting guys that are committed. I would be interested. I'd be interested to find out 
out of all these five-star guys, how many of those guys have transferred from different high schools? Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Passed around, yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting, interesting stat uh, to, to try to look up. You know, how many five-star guys have transferred from their local high school? Mm -hmm. And that's including going to IMG, Mount Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they kind of left their place, their, their local homes, and went to these schools searching for something bigger. The other thing is it would be interesting to know how many of these five-star, four-star top-rated guys have – how many AAU teams have they played on? I was thinking that when you said – when I looked off, that's what I was looking off to think. I was like, I bet you the same amount that have switched AAU teams. It's there. There's a there's – a, so in dating, there's a concept of called serial monogamy where, you, where you're not – you're not a player – you just bounce from relationship to relationship because you're not satisfied. And I think that's kind of the same thing that we're talking about here. Uh, there is, there is a, uh, there's a mentality of divorce when it relates to these young kids today as, they, as it relates to them playing on these teams. If I don't like the way I'm being treated, who this team is, what the coach is, or if there's a better opportunity somewhere else, I'll just leave this opportunity and go somewhere else. And that mentality is kind of permeating throughout sports, not just basketball, just sports in general. If I don't like it, I'll just go do something else. And I don't know how good that is because if you're always searching for, for greater or something better, how do you know when you found it? Right. Right. And I'm not you know and, and I'm not saying if a person leaves, uh, we all make mistakes, and or we all get in, a, or sometimes we get in bad situations. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I, and I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know, I give everyone like that pass. You know, a bad, you no know, bad decision on whatever school, whatever, whatever the case may be. That that happens. But when you start finding this trend of one, two, you know, three, you know, that's when you start getting into danger um, and you just don't know. You're just hoping and praying that it would click at some point. And a lot of times if you have talent, uh, they're hoping that you will, you know, it will click. Uh, but sometimes that is not always the case. And I'm not – bashing not trying to bash anyone i'm just trying to see the mindset yeah that's being established one of the things i'm talking to my kids about is habits you know that's a habit yeah you know just that's a habit that we form that yes i got to try to find the best thing and if the coach is coaching me too hard he won't let me play my game let me do xyz then I'm going to go somewhere else where they're going to let me do that. Then they get over there. They're not winning, but they're getting all the shots. They're doing, you know, doing whatever they want to do. And that may not be satisfying because they're not winning. And so I'm just like, you know, man, just 
make the big time where you are. Um, I think that's Scotty Frosting book. Yeah. But you know what, uh, Kid, you'll appreciate this. I, I even saw that trend starting as far back as my senior year. I'll never forget my senior year, the, the, the backup center for Butler came to our school, Western, his senior year. Yeah. And we were like, what are you doing here? Like, we, like <laughs> we showed up, we were like, what are you doing here? Oh, man, you know, it didn't work out over there. So you come over here, and and for Charlie, the reason why that's you know uh, surprising is because that was our chief rival. That was our number one rival. We hated them, and they hated us. Matter of fact, my senior year, we got to a full on fight with them on the basketball court. <laughs> so, so that's what it. I mean, that's that's what it was. So for him to leave and come over there, like, what are you doing? Like, where's your loyalty? But that was you know that's where we are. There is really not a lot of loyalty like that anymore. Uh, I, I'm not sure loyalty even uh, fits into the conversation ever again. Uh, it's, it's 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 a double edged sword because you know you, you don't want kids just bouncing around all over the place, right? At the same time, you also got well, these coaches; they just bounce whenever they feel like. That's it. exactly right. <laughs> so exactly it's like right. it's good for the goose; it's got to be good for the gander. So, like, I, that's one of those things that. I don't have a definite I opinion. A little on bit it. Well, Kendrick, yeah, yeah, because I can go either way with it. Because it's like I'm like because I was always taught if you start something, you finish. Finish it, it. yeah, yeah. And but then, like, like you say, you, you can have a bad situation, or you're just, or it's just not a fit, or you can mean you're a 17, 18 year old kid making a decision, and you, you know you realize that you made a wrong decision because you were a kid and you may have based it on the wrong things. I mean, right. There's been players that Kentucky and Louisville were both after. They ended up choosing Kentucky because they liked Big, big Blue Madness. Right. <laughs> and, and then they yeah, go to Kentucky exactly right. and, and it doesn't pan out. I mean, why did they do that? Because they're 17, 18-year-old kids. What was, the, <laughs> what was the kid that he was Mr. Basketball? And he was really good, actually. And then went to Kentucky. And I want to say he was on either the Anthony Davis team or the Harrison Twins team. He was Mr. Basketball, and everybody, both Kentucky and Louisville won. Rick was pawning over the kid, but he decided to go to Kentucky, and he had a miserable experience to the point he stayed off for years, but it was miserable for years, and it ultimately cost him everything that he probably, in his career, basketball-wise, wanted to do. What was that kid? He was a guard. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. The only kid that comes to mind is Darius Miller, but he's no, fine. He's still in the league. Yeah, it wasn't Darius. It was another kid. If you said his name, I'd, I'd be able. I'd be like, yes, that's him. But uh, it was, it was, it did not end well at all. So you know, a kid like that, you like, oh God, that's terrible that you ended up. But that he, I want to say it was it, he came in at the start of Cal's. I'm gonna go get the, all the five stars and recycle thing. You know. Uh, and so well, he's got one now. I mean, it's the kid there now that I mean that fits that description is Dante Allen, right? I mean, he was, right, is the Mr. Basketball, even though he, I've said on the show before, he probably shouldn't have gotten it, but he's Mr. Basketball and he goes, he grew up a Kentucky fan, goes to UK, and like, Cal oh, barely oh, plays it. And like, oh, so, out it's, it's different when you peek behind the curtain. But the thing is, and what we were talking about, if you you make it, if you pick something, you stick with it. He's sticking with it. He's not leaving. 
and you can, and there's a part of me that I really applaud that. And he's like, yeah. you know what? This is where I wanted to go. This is what I wanted to do. This man's not giving me that time. I'm gonna make him give me that time, and that's what he's trying to do. So you've got to applaud that mentality because you don't see that anymore. Ninety percent of the kids today, if they were in that situation, would have been locked. They would have been gone. As soon as oh, yeah. the season was over, they're out. And so the fact that he's sticking around with it, I mean, I have a whole new appreciation for the kid. As a life lesson that'll carry him forever. Like he will, he will always probably carry that kind of mentality. Like he will not be one of the kids that runs when it gets tough. He'll, you know, it'll, he'll say, okay, I got to figure this out. And Uh, if he stays off four years and is successful, he'll never have to uh, pay for anything in the state of Kentucky again. Yeah, that is also (laughs) a benefit as well. Um, I'm not sure we answered the question, but we had an incredible discussion just now. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll take that over the over the question any day. Um, so let's do this to close out because Charlie was not here uh, when we did the awards. I didn't give we didn't give Charlie an opportunity to pick his coaches of the year and his ACC MVPs. So Charlie, I would love for you to pick your. Uh, let's start with coaches of the year on the men and women's side. Who would you pick for coaches of the year on the men and women's side? Yeah, I really, I wish you, I didn't know, but uh, I'll. Well, you're Charlie Ward. You don't need prep time for that. You're Charlie Ward, for God's sake. We already know who the men's coach is going to be. Right. (laughs) Charlie, when I I came up with this question, I knew where you were going to answer. So we're. You're fine. You're fine. Definitely for the men, you know, we're gonna go with Coach Ham. <laughs> I mean, I'm a genius. What can I say? <laughs> when it's all said, if, we uh, if, there, if there's one thing about Charlie, he's loyal. He's loyal. <laughs> there you go. But the guy, the guy that uh, <laughs> now the guy that impressed me the most is Coach, um, the coach Georgia Tech's coach, uh, Passner. Yeah, Passner. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I, 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 our daughter Hope said that he looks like a um, <laughs> a youth pastor. <laughs> that is so accurate. That is so yep. accurate. Yep. Oh my god! You tell Hope she nailed that. That is so true. Yeah. He does he like, like youth, youth pastor that still dresses young. He looks like he starts every practice with a guitar and. and, and <laughs> And, and one of those stools, and he's like, "Before we start, guys, let's, let's join hands and sing this song." There, that is, man, hope nailed that. I am never going to look at him differently than that. Okay, what would you say on the women's side? Um, it's okay to be a homer if you like. No, I mean you got okay. you got to go with probably one of the top tier teams. Yeah, because uh, they were most they were the most consistent. Um, team, we went with Wes. We went with Wes Moore. Uh, it, that's that, uh, NC that, State. Uh, yeah, NC State. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, as well, you know, if if they were consistent, uh, they beat two number one teams. Yeah, and uh, uh, well, I know they beat uh, South Carolina and Louisville. Yeah, yeah. and so, and they're still born now. But I, I would say. Um, one of those, I would say him. I think that's a good choice. I think that's a really good choice. Um, and then your MVPs, Charlie, on the men and women's side, who would you pick? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, this MVP stuff, man. I, I I'm going to value winning. Okay. Um. No, we went with Moses. We went with chalk. Moses, right? Yeah. Because that's what everybody else went with. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue against it. Well, he had good numbers. Yeah, great numbers, and I mean, and and he made a leap. I mean, it was a you know from year from last year to this year, he made a pretty considerable leap. The only person that made a better leap than him was the kid from Miami, Isaiah. Um, yeah, I mean, he went from averaging seven points last year to averaging seventeen. So <laughs> that means he's most improved. Yeah, and that's what we gave him. That's what we gave him. We gave him most improved. Yeah, because uh, I mean their team was not very good. I, they were not very good. They had a lot of injuries, and some of their players were missing them pretty much the whole year. Right, point guard was out most of the season, right? Yeah, that was so a tough I, year for them. Yeah, I, I, I mean I I can give that award to those types of guys most improved. Yeah, but the MVP of the league, uh, you got to value winning. Um, and I, I will go with Moses right since yeah. Then. I mean, they ended up winning the ACC championship, and he was an intricate part in making that happen. Yeah. So they struggled without him. Oh, man, it was night and day without him. Yeah, it was a whole different team. You know what I think it was, Lloyd? was that? I, I think Charlie couldn't d- decide who was the MVP of Florida State. Well, it felt like <laughs> – Felt like he really is leaning. He couldn't for, put his finger on who was exactly the MVP of Florida State. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I get it. But it but, got so much depth, it's hard to choose one. I guess. Right. Right. <laughs> you could have given it to the whole team, Charlie. We wouldn't have been upset at that. I don't just give it to the players and the coaches. Coaches, players of the year. Coaches. Everybody. <laughs> the, 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 the banner says Charlie's ACC MVPs. However you decide how you want to give that out, it's up to you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, now, I would I would say my man Raekwon Gray would be most improved. Oh, okay. That's not a bad choice. That's not, That's a, not bad a bad choice. choice. I mean, That's not a bad choice at all. I can give he had that. games where he was he looked he was the best player on the floor many times. This yeah, season. yeah, yeah. That's not a bad choice at all. Um, He's the guy that gives us he 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 gives us. Um, I mean, he takes over the game that we lost in the ACC tournament, the, mm-hmm. the championship game. He was in foul trouble the whole night, and so and so he wasn't able to control the ball at the end. We had a lot of turnovers, but when he was in the game, we were able to handle whatever pressure they they, they applied uh, because he's just a different type of guy. He's a big, big guy, can handle the ball. Uh, he's a mat. He's a matchup that a lot of teams just don't know how to match up with him. You put him on livers if livers plays in that game. I don't think you have a choice. Well. The thing about us, it, we, everybody plays everybody, and so switch everything. Yeah. We switch everything, and so it's just a matter of um, us understanding. But the other thing is, you gotta expect if Livers does play, how you got how's he moving? 
because he has a lower injury, I mean, lower, you know, leg injury, um, you know, and that may change how you play him. Uh, make him a driver as opposed to stand up shooting. Uh, but what will happen, I know we were, talk, we were talking about MVPs, but what will happen is um, they're going to make the point guard keep the ball in his hands and try to go one-on-one against our big. And, of course, as we've seen, most times it doesn't fare well for the other team because we don't really allow – we allow that to happen, but we don't allow other guys to really get involved. Well, um, listen, we, we were talking about MVP, but it was a beautiful transition. I couldn't resist. Um, the, as we preview the final uh, this uh, next weekend here, um, I think the matchups uh, for this game, uh, this, this Michigan-Florida State game, you guys are the worst possible thing Michigan would want to see at this point because – the size, I think, is going to be a problem. Uh, and the type of defense that you have is going to be a problem. And if Livers is not playing, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I think Michigan is going to have a hard time winning that game. I think I didn't have I, I, I didn't have them beating LSU without Livers. I, so. Right. I was shocked that they beat LSU. But but I, I just don't see how – I don't know. We'll, it'll be an interesting game. But I, I think it's going to be a tough – tough. that's a – that's a tough draw because I don't believe that Florida State is a four. I never believe that they're a four. Uh, and and I'm I think glad. the tournament has buried that out. No, Charlie, I'm not playing this high. <laughs> okay, let, us, let us be a four against a one. Come on now. Let I'm us not be a playing this. I'm not playing this hide the shadows game with you any longer, Charlie Ward. <laughs> Cut the malarkey. Cut the malarkey, buddy. <laughs> My God. I'm just saying, it's a four against a one. We're the underdogs. Oh, here he goes again. So let us let us come into this game. <laughs> uh, I like LSU, but LSU just has – they remind me of a lot of my team, and that's something I'm working so hard to, to get out of. They're very talented. Yeah. They just don't play hard all the time. And you can kind of see it. And they have they have they have times where they play as individuals too. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But they're indicative of the gener- of of today's game, and it's it's not you know uh, the other ACC game as we preview the men. Um, this Houston Syracuse game, I, I hope. Listen, what I love about Syracuse, I mean, what I love about Houston, is what is a trap for the game. They're ridiculously athletic. They 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 uh they're long. They don't necessarily shoot great, but they're athletic and they they play hard and they play hard defense. Now, having said all that, I don't know what their basketball IQ is yet because they haven't been tested in that way. But they're about to be. They are about to be, and so it's going to be interesting to see if they can figure this. It's amazing that a 2-3 zone is the chess match that a lot of these coaches can figure out. It, it's, it comes down for me for Houston in that game it comes down to offensive rebounding because yeah. that's one of that's one of the 
you know, that's one of the downfalls of playing zone is you give up a lot of offensive rebounds. And Houston, that with athleticism, if they can dominate the offensive glass, I think they'll be okay. But they also cannot fall for the trap of just jacking up a bunch of threes. Yes. And that's what that's what every team that y'all know that every team falls for that trap. Instead of trying to break it or find the weaknesses or the weaker points, they just say, Well, let's just shoot some threes. And sometimes that works. But to go back to uh Kendra's point, it's um that may be the best thing for Houston because their strength is offensive rebounding. And yes, I don't I don't see them being that eager to shoot the three. Um, unless it's Grimes, um, because he's he's a knockdown shooter. Um, I, I see them working because they have big guys that can um, hit the middle because the middle a lot of times is open once the ball gets moving. The baseline a lot of times is open once the ball hits the middle. Um, and so I can see them working to try to find uh, those spots and then in transition – Try to find the three ball, um, and on you know just like um, was West Virginia did. Number yeah. twenty two got hot, then they start finding different ways to uh, play strong side and kick the ball weak side, and they were getting uh, that shooter open, um, and he was knocking out shots. But what ended up happening after that was they made him an alert, and <laughs> everywhere he went. They made sure that they had someone running or someone close to him and uh, running them off that shot. And so it's going to be a chess match, as you mentioned. But Houston, they do have guys, big guys that can shoot that shot in the middle um, because against West Virginia, they were just leaving that guy open. Right. Um, And he couldn't, I mean, he was panicking, looking like he was trying to find the next guy. I mean, they just leave him open. But they do make adjustments in their in their two three zone, depending upon the strengths of their their opponent. So, if it's one of those big guys from Houston that can shoot or a guard, they may put a guard in there that can do that. I've seen some. I've mm-hmm. seen. I've seen teams do that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, put guards, run them into the middle. Right. Hit that, and then you know, making sure. I know Florida State does that a lot with their guards, and they put the bigs on the baseline. So they can, you know, throw high-low passes. Right. Uh, the other weakness, um, West Virginia got quite a few uh, chances at the basket to lay it up or, or dunk it, but Syracuse can uh, converge mm-hmm. uh, so quickly to where they were able to get a block at the rim or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Now I don't know if that's going to happen with Houston because if they get it there, they make. I mean it. They could probably they could finish. finish it. Yeah, they'll finish it. And so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, but we got to get my man Buddy behind. Oh. Give him some love, man. I'm a fan of Buddy behind. I like Buddy. I'm a Buddy guy. Yeah, I'm a, I like Buddy. I, I, like, I like dudes that like that, that, that talk, talk they trash. He can back it up. He, it ain't bragging he, if you can back it up. Right. He's, I mean, he's, but you just look at him as a player. He's long. He he's got that J. He can get to the basket if he needs to. I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of Buddy Bay. Yeah, I like Buddy too. I like Buddy too. So, but guess what? This may be a tough game for Buddy. 
Yeah, could be. He's gonna work. He's gonna work. They gonna, gonna make him work. He's gonna work this game. Yeah, I, he got away. Yeah, he's with just, yeah, the shot, the open shots is not gonna be there as much mm-hmm. as that. <laughs> the blueprint is out. So yeah, no, no, no. On the women's side, uh, we got South Carolina, Georgia Tech, one over one over five. We got NC State over IU, one over four, and of course Louisville. Uh, and uh, North, I'm sorry, not Northwestern, Oregon. They just beat Northwestern. Oregon. Uh, Oregon, a two and a six. Uh, how do you think the ladies are gonna fare? Uh, going into next weekend, I guess, or this weekend rather. Yeah, Louisville plays on Sunday. Yeah, Oregon's gonna be a tough matchup for them, but they've had success against Oregon in the past. I remember they played them at the Yum Center a couple of years ago. Yeah, and they pretty much had their way with them. Uh, that's going to be a tough matchup for, for him, though, because Oregon, like I said, Oregon's got that size. NC State's game, it's going to be a little tougher than a lot of people uh, give you. credit. I think NC State's going to win, but IU's good. They got a couple of Louisville girls on the team, and they're going to uh, they're going to give them a run. Yeah, uh, I I think Georgia Tech doesn't have a chance. No, no chance. That's why, that's why I didn't mention. <laughs> Wow, you're not giving Georgia Tech any chance at all? Come on. I mean, <laughs> so we're not going to try to build suspense in this moment? We're not going to? Okay. All right. Well, there's one thing about this show is we're honest. We are honest. That is very true. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, South Carolina's look good. Yeah. They have looked really good. I, I, it, there seems to be a clash of, like, these number ones Yeah. at some point because UConn destroys Syracuse. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be closer, and it wasn't close at all. Yeah. No, I wasn't. Um, I, I can see this very similar to George, um, Georgia Tech. I think they've had a great season, but I I, I don't know how they, they overcome South Carolina. I don't either. I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for them. I think um, – <laughs> The NC State game, it's got some interest to me. Just like I said, that keep your eye out for Grace Berger, the place for IU. Okay. She's from Louisville. She's already got two triple doubles this season. Oh wow. She's okay. a do-everything player for them. She's she's one of those, she's a positionless player. She's not very big. I think Grace might be about five nine, five ten. But she's she she nice she triple doubles. She rebounds, she handles the ball, she shoots it. So and she, I, I don't think they'll bring Kunan out on her. So it's, it's going to be interesting to watch that game. That, that game no, they, to me is going to – the Louisville-Oregon game is obviously the better game, but that NC State-IU game is not going to be – I don't think it's going to be the blowout a lot of people think it's going to be. I, I'll say this about the Louisville-Oregon game. I feel like what the, the thing that impressed me the most about how Louisville handled the game yesterday is that Jeff and the girls – knew they 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 knew they did not play a great game at all they knew that and so there was no celebration there no it it felt more like an awakening like okay are we going to be this team or are we going to be who we are and that second half looked more like who they are as opposed to and i would even say the whole second half i would say the three quarters into the third 
on. Like that, even coming out of, out of the second half, like right at the start, I was like, this looks terrible. But it was like a, it was almost like when Haley Van Lith, there was a moment in the game where she hit the ground like ridiculously hard. I think the, the girl tripped her or something. And she just smacked the ground. And from that smack on, I was like, oh, they're going to be fine. <laughs> well, part of that too yeah. is Northwestern was playing out of their minds. You they knew they were. weren't going to keep they weren't going to keep shooting like that the whole game. Exactly. They, they came in. I think they averaged maybe making four threes a game, and they made like right. their first four threes. And it was a little. They were playing a little bit out of their minds. So you knew they were going to catch up eventually, but you still still had to work. But the thing that had you worried is they haven't been playing well because even in that NC State game. While it was close, and you know they, all, they almost pulled it off. They didn't play that well. Neither they team, I don't think, played that well in that game. Right. <laughs> well, more one, of that. One thing so. I love that Charlie says all the time is that when you're a good team, you do what good teams do, and, right. and that's you, what they did. And the, and for the first time in a long time, they did the things that good teams do. Like I didn't understand in the first half all the turnovers, and it wasn't even real turnovers. It was like. I didn't rebound the ball. I had it and then it slipped out my hand. I'm like, okay, once one of those in a game is is not good, but you just say, okay, it happens. But when you have like nine of those, you're like, okay, now wait a minute, doggone it. This is, this is a focus problem. Like where are your minds at? Where's your heads at? Because you know the player that turned the game around the most was Charlie's favorite player, and that's Mikasa Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Because of the way she plays. Yeah, she she, she so doesn't I, play for the glory. She plays for her team. Yeah, she yeah. plays for her team. She was amazing. She was absolutely amazing. So I say that to say I think Louisville has gotten that out of their system now. It felt like they got that out of their system. So I expect a better focus for the Oregon game. Uh, I Georgia Tech. God bless you. You had a good run. Uh, <laughs> we'll be waiting for you at the hotel. Uh, and then NC State, I mean, it feels like we're headed toward NC State, Texas AM. I mean, but but I'm gonna trust your judgment. Uh, I'm gonna trust your judgment, uh, Kendrick, that that game is gonna be a lot tougher than I think it's gonna be. Um, because it doesn't feel like it's gonna be tough, but I, you know, I have not seen IU women play so. I don't know. Yeah, see, I've, I've, I've seen them. And one thing I will say, though, they can have those games where they don't look like they belong. They do have games that are just, what are they doing? Yeah. But when they when they, when they when they play play up to their potential and their ability, and also got to shout out Jalen Penn. She's another girl from Louisville that plays for IU. She uh, played at Butler. Uh, they can they can give them. Game. I'm not going to pick IU to win that game. By any right, 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 right. But I just think it'll be. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a 10 12 point NC State win, but it'll be one of those 10 or 12 point games that's like nip and tuck all the way. And then at the end, it kind of, you know, kind of gets away from them. But I, I think that's going to that's be an interesting game. So, real quick, uh, breaking news. Uh, and we don't normally talk beyond ACC unless we do, we're doing our eight, non ACC question of the week. But since this is NBA trade, trade deadline day, uh, and this is going to be happening all day. You can go to the Noisemaker Sports page, and we are up to date in the minute on all of the trades. The uh, first one that went down today, it's shocking to me, uh, Denver has traded for JaVale McGee. 
Uh, Must see McGee. And sent two second round picks to do it. And I'm like, really? JaVale McGee? Really? Okay. Uh, you know. I, think he uh, has, I like JaVale McGee. I've yeah, always liked JaVale. I love McGee. JaVale McGee. Shout out to Dallas's own JaVale McGee. So I am a huge JaVale McGee fan. I, I'm just, it's amazing to see his journey. Because we're talking about a guy who went from being a joke in the league to now a three-time champion. <laughs> and, and, and with massive respect, and they're giving up two second round picks for him. So that's pretty amazing to me. I uh, think when you when you when you are where the Nuggets are at this stage, a second round pick, I don't think it means that much to you. It doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. Uh, another uh, thing that has gone down in the last six minutes: uh, the Magic have traded Nikola Vucevic, Al Farouk Aminu to the Bulls for Otto Porter Jr. And Wendell Carter and two first round picks. Oh, that seems seems like a lot to me, but you know, I don't get that move for either one of them. Do you, Charles? I don't get it, but Uh, okay. Number, he's one of the better players, isn't he? Yeah, he's their best player. Right, right, but but I think. That probably I, mean, I guess the Bulls making a push. I'm trying to figure out which one of them is making the push. It's got to be the Bulls making the push, in my opinion. But it also, I think, it sounds like they're hitting the reset button on everything. So don't be surprised if by the end of the day, also Aaron Gordon is gone as well. I it's think just, it's that's the like one I'm expecting. The to, that's that's the one I was expecting them to let go. I, I heard Vucevic in some rumors, but I was like, they're not gonna let that guy go. Well, but if but, you're if you're getting rid of Vucevic, to me it says in the bigger scheme, I'm we're this is not working. Obviously, we've done something wrong. So let's just hit the reset button on it all. And how often on. can you hit the reset button? They've been hitting the reset know. button since the Dwight Howard left. See, that's how I feel. <laughs> that's how I feel about Orlando. I'm like, man, y'all hitting the reset. Y'all like keep your finger over the reset button. Like, <laughs> But and where they building around Wendell Carter Jr. He's always hurt. Yeah, and Otto Porter. I wouldn't. I wouldn't build around Otto Porter. But I just feel I agree with you, Chad. I think they're just blowing things up, and it's it's probably that's just where we Let's are. Let's hear NBA guy because I want to hear what Charlie has to say. But I just hope <laughs> for my man's sake, um, they can get the right people there for him. Who's your man? Uh, Steve Clifford. Oh, yeah. Hashtag humble flex. <laughs> but Vucevic, but right actually, Vucevic and Zach Levine is a pretty good one-two oh, so one. I, mean, yeah. I think it's Chicago. I don't think they're exactly making a push for this year's playoffs. No, they're they're I think they still have an outside chance. Yeah, but I think it's more of a future thing. But Vucevic is older than Wendell Carter Jr. I guess they just they just tired of Wendell Carter being hurt all the time. Maybe, maybe. But that, that, that that's a lot to give up, though. Huh? It's a lot to give up, though. Who? Uh, for the Bulls to give up two uh, first round. I mean, that. I mean, okay. Essentially three first rounds because Wendell Carter was a first rounder. Yeah, they're giving up a ton, so they clearly he's a lottery pick. Yeah, that's a lot. So I feel, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they're, they're they're blowing it up. So I just hope they they can get it figured out for my man's sake. And then the last thing I'll leave you guys with as we close out. Uh, the the developing story is that Kyle Lowry is in, or the the Raptors are in talks with the Lakers, the 76ers, and the Miami Heat. So one of those three. He's a great fit at all three. He's a great fit at all three. 
Although, if I'm being honest, I'd love to see him go to Miami. I think he and Jimmy Butler, oh, my God. So who would Miami give up? Uh, what I'm hearing for all three deals, well, with Miami specifically, Tyler Hero. Um, which I think I think if Miami can get out of that deal and not have to give up Bam out of Bayou, that's a win. Any, any any deal that they can do and not have to give up Bam out of Bayou is a win. I don't, I don't, they're not going to give up Bam. The, the sticking point for Miami is Tyler Hero because they love Tyler Hero down there. He's amazing, that's- but but if you can get if you can upgrade, and they need to me to counter what's in the East, you need defense. Because so the Clippers are, aren't in the mix for Lowry, huh? The Clippers aren't in the mix for Lowry. Surprisingly, no. Unless, unless it's something that Adrian they Wojnowski, desperately need a point guard. Well, unless it's something Adrian Wojnarowski is not aware of, which is not usually a possibility. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it feels like um, it's it's, and I'm surprised honestly to hear the Lakers in there. But the, but right. as of last night, I did hear that Dennis Schroeder. And Montrez Harrell are a possibility to be shipped out somewhere because they they know they got to get better, uh, and they got to weather this weird little storm that they're in. Bro, I, they're not going very far if AD is not right. Oh yeah, right. no, absolutely. Yeah, I mean getting. I mean, I don't think getting rid of them two and adding Kyle Lowry. I mean, there's no disrespect to Kyle Lowry. I just don't. If if AD and LeBron aren't right, it doesn't matter who. It doesn't matter right. anyway. Right. It doesn't matter anyway. That's exactly right. I I think what their big play is is that they're going to try to pray and hope for the buyout of either Aldridge or Drummond. And I feel like the drum. And by the way, Drummond was just in LA on Tuesday. While while uh, but NBA players, that doesn't matter. Well, it matters when it involves LeBron because LeBron didn't go to the Pelicans. Lakers game, he had to stay back for medical reasons, and Drummond was there. I think that deal is pretty much done. If well, I've been saying that for a while, anyway. right, unless Cleveland, unless Cleveland somehow gets a a, a, a desperate hail mary alley oop from the other end of the court for a trade today, I think Andre Drummond is headed to Los Angeles at some point. Uh, so that might be why they want to do the Kyle Lowry thing. Because they know they got this other piece working on the backside of it. So it's the NBA. Y'all. I, can, I can understand the Lakers going after Kyle Lowry. I can understand anybody in the league going after Kyle Lowry. I, I do just too. I just don't think that, I mean, until AD, and I mean, not even just LeBron, I think AD's probably the most viable player on that team at this point. Yeah. But I LeBron am surprised, does. like you are, that the Clippers are not going after Kyle Lowry. That they like desperately seamless, need a point guard. Well, it seems like a seamless fit because he's got Kawhi, he's got Serge Ibaka, guys he's familiar with. It feels like that's an easy fit, but I don't know. Anyway, believe in the ACC, we had a great time. This has been a lot of fun. It's going to be a great day of trade stuff. Uh, it's going to be a great day of – uh, weekend of basketball. This is the best time of the year by far. Charlie, and it's Wall- a great day for Charlie's dog. It's who just Charlie. who stuck up behind Charlie, and Charlie doesn't even realize. I didn't even realize <laughs> that is hilarious. Lily, shout out to Lily who just wanted to get her ACC news. Yes, Lily just wanted her fame. 
I'm not mad at her. She listen, nope. she deserves her time. I'm not mad at her. All right, guys, it's been fun as always. We'll do this all again on, I don't know, Monday. Uh, by Monday, we will be pretty close to a Final Four. Yes. Yes. We'll, on both sides, men and women. So Some we'll have a lot to talk eight. about. Huh? Some of those Elite Eight. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, <laughs> with that, we will take our lead. Have a great, great. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook on the Noisemakers page and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.